Well, hello everybody, it's wonderful to have you with us. I pray wherever you are that you know that God is with you exactly in the place where you are. Well, we're in the final days of this series called Living in Victory, and then we're changing to a series on Wednesday called The Power to Change. The Power to Change. You can change. You can change. You are not stuck. You can change. The resurrection gives us the ability to change. And what we're going to do is that's going to take us all the way to Pentecost, where we'll do a whole series on the Holy Spirit. And I know it will be a great blessing to so many of us. There's a passage of scripture I want to look at today that very much speaks to me. It's a passage of scripture I've read many, 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 many times. And keep remembering, you must read the scriptures many times because each time it'll take you deeper. You can never stop and say, I know that story because you may know the story, but do you know the spirit of the story and the fact that the spirit keeps talking? Well, as we talk about living in victory, of living in victory, I want to share with you a woman who lived in victory. And let's go to John's Gospel, chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 1. Then each of them went home while Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came back to the temple. All the people came to him and he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and making her stand before all of them, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has, was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now, in the law of Moses, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They said this to test him so that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let anyone among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And once again he bent down and wrote on the ground. And when they said it, they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the elders. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No, sir. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go away. And from now on, do not sin again. I love this passage of Scripture. I love this passage of scripture because once again, Jesus turns things upside down and back to front. Here was a woman who was caught in adultery. I'm not sure where the man was because it normally takes two, doesn't it? I'm not sure where the man was who was caught in adultery, but we don't read that here. What we do know is that the scribes, the Pharisees come to Jesus. They bring the woman and they say to Jesus, Jesus, what do you say about what this woman has done? What the law tells us, the law, the law says we can take her out and stone her to death. And, uh, uh, and they said it to test him. And they just kept questioning him. So you know what he did? He bends down on the ground and he begins to just write in the sand. Now, the truth is, when I was at school, I was led to believe that and some religious movies possibly suggested what he was doing was he was writing out their sins of everyone who was watching. But it doesn't say that there at all. No, no, no. It just says he wrote in the ground what he was drawing. Who knows what he was drawing? We don't know. 
And then he stands up and he says to them, let anyone among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Let anyone. Have you sometimes noticed that people who gossip, sometimes people who criticize themselves are doing similar things. They criticize others, but are doing similar things and have similar weaknesses in their own life. Jesus says, if you are without sin, okay, you're qualified. You could, you could throw the stone. You could kill this woman. Go on, go on, go on. And then he bends down and he writes again. Who knows what he's doing? And everybody leaves. You know why everyone leaves? Obviously, because no one is perfect. And everyone feels convicted by his, by his words because it may not have been this adultery that they had committed. But the scripture tells us that all have fallen short and fall short of the glory of God. I can stand here right now and it appears that I have it all together and truly, I truly do not. I'm in need of God as much as the next person's in need of God in my life. And so Jesus turns to the woman. He says, hasn't anyone condemned you? Because that's what they were doing. They were talking about how poor you are in terms of your behavior. She said, no, sir, no one has condemned me. And then what does he say at the end? He says, go your own way. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go your own way. And from now on, do not sin again. In other words, Jesus holds up compassion. But what he does, he doesn't go and say, it's okay that you keep sinning. He doesn't say that. He says, don't do it again. And then he says, but I'm not going to condemn you. I'm going to love you and I'm going to be with you in the middle of it, in the midst of where we are. And, and the more I have read that, the more I have come to become softer in a sense to people who are engaged in wrongdoing. It doesn't make wrongdoing right. But he was Jesus holding up truth. But he was compassionate and understanding of someone who was doing wrong. He held up the truth, but he didn't condemn. We have to be very careful that we don't become condemning people, but rather we become people who stand in Jesus's way, in the way of how Jesus did it, not in the way of Jesus, but in the, in the way Jesus did it. We need to become compassionate. We need to become caring. We need to live in the truth and yet understand that some people and what they've done is not in that truth, but that doesn't disqualify them. Here was the woman. She's the one Jesus doesn't condemn, but by his very words condemns the religious people. Again, Jesus turns things upside down and back the front. If today for some reason, and people write this to me and you might think you're not worthy of God's love. Oh yes, you are. You might think to yourself, there are some things I've done that I should never have done and that disqualifies me from heaven. No, it does not. No, it does not. We come before God, we ask his forgiveness and we are made clean through the cross, through the death and the resurrection of Jesus who took away the power of sin and gave us the power of freedom to live in the power of God in our life. Uh, I have reflected on this many, many times and it is something that you have to pray through over and over and over again to continue to plumb the richness of what it is and what it means is I don't condemn you, but don't go sin anymore. To see Jesus who was more concerned about, about the woman 
than even he was at times about the law, not that he disregarded it, but he was compassionate about this woman. In your own life, be compassionate about the Lord and allow him to be the Lord of your life. And sometimes we have to take into account that yes, we've wronged, but God doesn't hold it against us if we will turn to him. And no one has a right to condemn us. No matter what we've done, no one has a right to condemn us if we are turning back to God. Doesn't justify wrong, doesn't, and it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be prevented from doing wrong in the future. But rather, when we turn to God, God gives us his forgiveness and his love consistently. Well, as we finish today, can I ask you if you, as I do from time to time, if you will financially support the ministry, if you will financially support me in sharing the gospel. I seriously can't do this without you, as I often say. There are many people who need to hear about God. There are many people who are just like this woman, who are listening. I had a woman who spoke to me recently, and she said to me that this would be very accurately describe her life. And she needed to be embraced and told of the love of God. And that's what we do. We bring people to Christ. And I'm asking you, would you help me share Christ? In particular, I want to say thank you to all of our Faith Builder partners, the people who've gone into our website and give on a regular basis. It helps us survive and be able to do this and to plan. We can't do it without your help. To those who give from time to time, thank you. Um, I, I pray that you are blessed as you give and that you realize that the gospel, that Jesus is the hope of the world and you partnering with me helps it possible that more and more people come to know the love of God in their everyday life. It's really important what we're doing. It's very important. And I want to thank you for being with it, with me in it. You're changing lives. And for that, I'm grateful. But more than that, God's grateful himself. You can go to the Give tab or you can go to this address on the screen. And I'm going to pray for you right now. Loving God, I just thank you today that you're with us. Allow us to experience your power, your grace. And Lord God, as we give, Lord God, as we give, may we experience your blessing in our life as we put you first in our life as the Lord and Saviour of our life. Thank you, Lord God, for all the times that we've needed forgiveness like this woman, for you to stand up for us, stand today up for us exactly in the place we are. And Father, we make this prayer in the name of Jesus through the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you all, everybody. See you tomorrow. And don't forget wherever you are, God is never far from you.